Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 153rd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Rebel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Albert, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm great, Cameron. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, no problem. I'm actually not alongside you. I just realized I'm across from you. Alongside? Yeah, I always say alongside. Do you really? Yeah. I've never noticed that. I say it every time. Well, I guess I've never really thought about it that much. I don't know. Okay. I just like, I just like know when it's my time to speak, and that's You're all I'm just thinking about. For, how are you doing today, Kyle? <laughs> and then like you snap away. Uh, yeah, like oh, you yeah. started. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's how it works in my brain. Okay. Well, um, how are you? I'm doing very well. Okay. Good. How are you? I'm doing well as well. <laughs> Kyle, we've got some uh, news to talk about. We've got football camp starting up. Uh, we have some questions from our Patreon supporters that we're going to answer this episode. But before we do all of that, I want to thank everyone for helping us get to 250 subscribers on YouTube. Yay, hooray. Uh, thanks, everyone who subscribed recently. Uh, we went right past 250 subscribers on our way to 300. So... If you're listening to this or watching this and you're not subscribed on YouTube, please head over there and hit the subscribe button. Also, special shout out to a new Patreon supporter, Ben. He signed up at the tier that will get him merch. He's also eligible for the Fantasy Football League. So perfect segue. You need to make sure if you want to play Fantasy Football with us and Ben and a few others that are already at that tier, sign up patreon.com slash missouri sports pod to the ten dollar tier or above that's the entry fee for the league you'll get a prize if you win um, you do have to sign up by the end of this month signups for fantasy football will end at the end of this month so get in there patreon.com slash missouri sports pod let's go ben see you on the gridiron right in the draft room the war room is what they call it sometimes. oh yeah it's august yeah Are you ready for fantasy football, just like in general? I'm ready. I'm ready. It's going to be competitive. I love it. Don't join if you... I mean, join. It'll be fun, but just know that we're not going to go easy on you. (laughs) I mean, I don't think you would expect that, but... Uh, Kyle, we've got kind of a hodgepodge of unrelated uh, news items that don't really have a thread tying them all together, so we'll just run through those real quick, then we'll talk about football camp. Uh, we'll start with the new, I mean, the new basketball court. I think you're welcome, everyone, for like making this come to pass because we've been saying since the beginning of this podcast that the the court needs a makeover. You're claiming this? Yeah, single handedly. Well, there's others involved. I would say. Okay. Mizzou fandom as a whole, great job. We've been talking about it. Um, you know, just in general on Twitter. Yeah. Well. Like, yeah, whenever they announced the practice court, the new practice court, like two months ago, there was like hundreds of replies on the on the tweet, like make this the real court. Yeah, and and we even speculated maybe they're just like showing this practice court as like, oh, let's see what people say about this, and then maybe take it into consideration. Yeah, this is a, this is a large victory. Um, I think I've made it pretty well known how I feel about the former court, the now former court, the the yellow court. I, I went back and looked at it just for reference. 
even the logo in the middle of the court was just like the whole thing was just like yellow yeah. uh, they just like painted over it or something it mm. was just like this is awful had like a yellow glaze across the just whole a thing. glaze yeah. yeah just in a daze mm. yeah but now a much lighter wood and it's got the state missouri state yes. shape I, it's not the outline exactly yes yeah, like kind of filled in yeah yeah it's but nice it producer fantastic. cameron you, you've got an artist eye how does it look i love it mm. great it's great if I wanted to be nitpicky, the diamonds look a little like just straight up yellow. And I know On that's the uh, yeah the baseline baseline yeah. the, not the not the end zone but the basically right. the end zone the basketball version of the end zone is okay. the baseline baseline yeah the basketball version of the end zone is like the basket actually but whatever the yeah the baseline diamonds look a little yellow but I know that's just that's the color and. And just got to get over it. I mean, it's like, like that. You know? Yeah, it's gonna be a few years, man. You just gonna have to live with it now. Yeah, that's true. But I love it. It's it's an improvement, yes. definitely now. But we can't stop there. We gotta we gotta harp on them about those seats. Mizzou yeah, Twitter. That's, that's a little harder. Got to keep it up. I'll donate to the cause financially. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Who can we let know about this? I don't know, but let them know. Okay. We're willing to make it happen. Wow. Uh, we love the basketball court. That's all I want to say. We want to see wins now. Yes. That should follow. If you have a nice basketball court, you win more games. I think that's how that works. Mm-hmm. All right. What else you got, Kyle, for news? Oh, got a few things here and there. Speaking of basketball, uh, a couple of guys that are playing in the summer league, Drew Smith is playing mm. for the Miami Heat. The NBA summer league, yeah. The NBA summer league, that mm. is, yes. Basketball never stops for the NBA. It, it literally never stops. Uh, Drew Smith playing for the Miami Heat. He's playing pretty well. Um, mm-hmm. Scored double digits in their game a few nights ago. Uh, had a little little breakaway steal. I guess he didn't make the steal, but right. he, he ended up making a layup, like kind of making a, a cool play on a it guy. It was very cool, yeah. And uh, so you, you guys may have seen that on, on Twitter. And then Jeremiah Tillman is playing for the Orlando Magic. So a couple of opportunities for those guys. Yeah. Cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Drew Smith will definitely be a pro somewhere. He's just, like, so his basketball savvy is just off the charts. Yeah, he's very crafty. Mm-hmm. Good teammate. Absolutely. Um, okay, I think that's the last basketball thing I've got. A couple of NFL-related notes. Uh, Nick Bolton for the mm-hmm. Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sporting my Andy Reid shirt in tribute. Of, need a Nick Bolton shirt. Of training camp beginning and yeah. Nick Bolton playing well. Uh, he has been running with the ones. Uh, I will say that they've had a couple of inter- injuries, a couple of energies mm-hmm. in the uh, in the linebacker room. Uh, Anthony Hitchens, I believe, is hurt. So Nick Bolton's been running with the ones, but he's been playing really well. So just taking advantage of that opportunity. I don't know if he's just going to start day one whenever the games are actually here. But that'd be cool. That would be awesome. And the preseason has begun officially today. Uh, what is it called? F- Hall, Hall of Fame, Fame game, game is tonight. Uh, the Chiefs, I think, play next week, their first preseason game, but it'll be really cool to get to watch Nick Bolton play. Nick Bolton with two interceptions. Two interceptions of Patrick Mahomes, mm. who is a good quarterback. Yes. If you haven't heard of him, he's good. And so that's an accomplishment. That's great. Yeah. That's great for Nick. Uh, not great news. DeMarcus AC tore his ACL. Mm. He was playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it's going to be hard to make the roster with the torn ACL, considering yeah. it was probably already on the fence a little bit. Uh, 
it's crazy like how how nfl operates where they've got like a hundred guys on their team like preseason and they had to cut it down to 53 that's pretty brutal yeah so unfortunately it's gonna be tough i think for him to make the roster yeah uh and then evan bame is now a detroit lion hmm. i'm very happy for him but also very sad that he is a D- on detroit because they're, they're horrible. gonna be terrible yeah yeah absolutely that's all i got okay that's all the news so let's jump into a little bit of let's just talk about the fact that uh football camp is beginning for the missouri tigers that means games are right around the corner is there anything we need to know about camp anything we should be looking forward to any notes that have come out already yeah there's actually been a few things um there were some of the coaches and players um have done some interviews this week so we've gotten a little bit of a few nuggets a few tidbits to uh kind of what our appetite for what's going to come in the next few weeks mm. i just love this time of year it's it's like what we've been waiting for is is finally here slash almost here so obviously the real fun begins when the games are here but but fall camp is definitely like that feeling of like all right football's here actually getting some news and that's always great so uh, we did get a few things um, from some of the coaches and players in the last couple days and so i wanted to highlight a few of those things for you guys um first thing i wrote down was punt returners yeah and that's not we've got a good one right tell me we got a good one. well i sure hope so as long as they can catch the ball that will be a plus because we haven't really had somebody that can consistently catch a punt for a few years now um but coach eric link said that mookie cooper has been returning punts in practice that sounds good so has dominic lovett that sounds good so has jay macklin okay i'll take that and so is chris abrams drain now if you remember last year chris abrams drain got thrown into the fire a little bit and he has a true freshman i think he dropped like multiple punts and i might have even been in the same game but coach link said that they probably shouldn't have put him in that position probably shouldn't have thrown him out there but just wanted to see what he can do and maybe now that he's been able to regroup and get some practice under his belt maybe he'll be a little bit better if he gets the opportunity this year i mean he's a crazy athlete he's super fast so if he can catch the ball he could be electric but i can't say i envy that of that role of returning punts. If I've it's said gotta, it once, I've said it a thousand I've times. I've probably said we probably said it many times that I can't imagine just like trying to catch a punt whenever you know you just have like these huge dudes yeah. like running right at you. They just want to destroy you. Yeah. And literally, you just have to catch it. And so like the pressure is just like I don't know. Yeah, and you have like, time to think about it and everything. You're looking back and forth like you're looking up at the ball. You're kind of maybe trying to look down and see where everybody is yeah. on the field like. Producer Cameron, have you returned punts in high school? Yeah, I hated it. Yeah, I can't. Did imagine. you ever drop one? I don't think so. I mean, I didn't return a ton, mm. but no, I don't think I ever dropped one. That's oh, good for you. That's yeah. very. That's. I'm wow. sure I would have dropped one. <laughs> yeah. They didn't even let me try since I wasn't on the football team. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So that's um. I, th- it may be kind of a committee thing, or maybe Mookie Cooper will just dominate that role. I don't know. So that'll be something to watch. Um, we had a Michael Cox reference mm. um, in the interviews this week. Now, it's very possible you may not even be familiar with Michael Cox. I'm familiar. You've talked about him before. He is. He kind of made a name for himself in the spring game this past spring, but he is actually a walk-on running back. Um, he walked on in 2020, I believe. I think he's still a walk-on at this point. I don't think he has a, a scholarship, but 
Um, this guy just came out of nowhere. And in the spring, he's a big back. He's like 230 pounds or something like that. But his senior year of high school in Georgia, he ran for 32 touchdowns, 2,000 yards, and had an average yards per carry of eight and a half. So that's pretty good. That's amazing. Yeah. Those are those stats are very impressive. So I, I'm honestly a little bit surprised that he didn't have any scholarship opportunities, or maybe he just really wanted to play at the Power Five level. I don't know. Yeah. But I think it's possible that this guy could see some opportunities this year, and maybe some goal line work. I don't know, but um, it, he just brings something different than. You know, Elijah Young, Tyler Beatty, both kind of scat back style. So Michael Cox, kind of a bruiser, mm-hmm. might get some might get some opportunities. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Um, jumping back to NFL stuff, mm-hmm. there's been some rumblings about one Larry Roundtree uh, impressing in Chargers camp and maybe being like, uh, you know, part of the one-two punch at running back between uh, alongside Austin Eckler. Yeah, that I've, be, I've heard those rumblings. That would be incredible. A little bit of thunder and lightning. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because yeah. uh, they have uh, Justin Jackson and uh, Joshua Kelly on their squad, and they were both there last year, and there was some, you know, there were, Eckler was hurt for a while, and neither one of them really stepped yeah. up. And there were opportunities that were not really seized. Yeah. So it sounds like Roundtree may have stumbled into the perfect spot to yeah. maybe get some playing time. That'd be great. Okay, got to back, back to Mizzou. Got to make the team. Yeah. Okay, back to Mizzou. All right, all right. They can, they'll they'll have four running backs on their roster. Right? They could, yeah, yeah. yeah. You trying to t- you're trying to throw some smoke screens out there for fantasy or something? Trying to get somebody to draft line, like, I'll draft Roundtree. Them. I'll draft him. <laughs> I'm not scared. <laughs> I'll draft Tebow. All right. Um, next thing, uh, Connor Bazelak was interviewed uh, today, I believe, and he was asked if now I'm paraphrasing here, um, but he was asked something along the lines of you know is there a a leader in that wide receiver room that you could see kind of becoming the alpha the the clear number one above everybody else and he kind of didn't really know what to say at first but ended up kind of coming around and saying that he thought Kiki Chisholm could be that guy and he talked about Mookie Cooper as well being super explosive we know that Um, we're going to see a lot of those uh, we're going to see a lot of both of those guys this year but that definitely echoes the sentiment that I have had this whole offseason about Kiki Chisholm kind of being that guy that can take the next step he's like six five you know he can go up and high point the ball um he was playing like d2 ball like two years ago but now has the chance to be a star wide receiver in the sec so that's quite the the ascension yeah i mean he and he ended the season last season on a high note i mm-hmm. think and i think yeah i don't see any reason why he couldn't take the next step and be a big time player this year all right, and then uh, Coach Steve Wilkes was interviewed, and he is the defensive coordinator, and he had had a few th- interesting things to say. Um, one thing we've known about for a little while, but just kind of was reintroduced, I guess, was that they're going to be probably running a lot of zone this year, more zone than they've run in the past. Um, with Ryan Walters, they ran pretty much all man-to-man, and especially in, in, like in the secondary uh, press man coverage. And so you're going to see a lot more zone from the secondary this year. He specifically mentions wanting to have uh, cornerbacks. He wants their less time with their backs to the ball, basically. So you're going to see safeties and cornerbacks facing the quarterback, mm-hmm. keeping the ball in front of their eyes, essentially, more mm-hmm. often. Um, he wants to force turnovers. Apparently they've had a lot of interceptions 
in the like off season practices and stuff like that. Um, they're obviously they're obviously they're going to have a scheme change, and Coach Aaron Fletcher said that the guys have been excited about the scheme change and have picked it up quickly. That's good. So there was a there was a notable scheme change um, in the Barry Odom era yeah. in 2015 when Barry Odom became the head coach. They had a pretty like abrupt scheme change with the defensive lineman, where it went from let's meet at the quarterback to more gap responsibilities, that kind of stuff, and mm-hmm. it didn't go over well. Read and react. Read and react. Yeah. Versus pinning your ears back. Yes. It didn't go over well. And I really think that that kind of like. They like abandoned it like halfway through the season. Exactly. Yeah. And because I didn't, I don't think the guys wanted to, uh, to change. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know the specifics of how that went down. I don't know if that was a coaching error. I don't know if that was the players not being coachable. I don't know. Communication breakdown. Maybe a little bit of both, but that's encouraging to me that the guys are excited and like, like willing to pick up the new scheme because i just think that that's like the first step is like everybody being coachable and like having a good attitude about it and like willing to learn and Mm -hmm. and be excited to pick it up i think that's a good sign get on the same page yeah all right coach uh jethro franklin which is a pretty amazing name (laughs) uh he's defensive line coach he had an interesting comment he says that the defense is going to look a lot different from the past and will feature an upfield attack defense as opposed to a blitzing style. Upfield attack defense. Hmm. What do you think that means? I have no idea. I wish I knew what that meant. <laughs> that could be... It sounds That sounds like blitzing. Yeah. Attack. Upfield attack as opposed to blitzing. I got nothing. I got nothing. But... He just he didn't he didn't really want to go into much detail about what that's what that's going to look like, but he does he did say they're just going to have more responsibilities. The defensive linemen will have more gap responsibilities. Maybe they aren't just going to be pinning their ears back. Where's upfield from the defensive line? Upfield, like towards the quarterback, right? Maybe not. I don't know. Downfield. That I that's, mean, that's certainly what I would think. Yeah, that's defensive down, back down. territory. <laughs> you know, downfield blocking. So upfield into the offensive backfield. Okay, so the defensive line, we're going to figure this out. We're going to figure it out. The defensive line is going to be uphill attacking, so not as much need for blitzing from the linebacker defensive back positions. I guess, but he's the D-line coach. Yeah, so the D-line is not going to be reading and reacting as much. They're going to be pinning their ears back. The other players not blitzing as much okay does that make sense i, I th- i'm following you to some okay. degree is i mean that's what i would want to hear is yeah. i i want to hear about an aggressive defensive line i i you know i mean maybe i'm i don't know uh romanticizing the pin your ears back thing a little bit just because of fond memories of shane ray marcus yeah. gold and those guys well it's but a fun style to watch that seemed to work yeah. pretty well yeah uh, as far as i'm concerned so I, I mean, yeah. When it, it works well, it's incredible. If you're, yeah, if you're putting pressure on the quarterback, that's there's that's a great thing. So yeah. I'd like to see the defense be more aggressive, and it sounds like they're going to try to do that. Forcing turnovers, put pressure on the quarterback, make your job easy for the secondary. That all sounds good to me. All right, that's all I got for now. Okay. We'll probably have a lot more of that kind of stuff next week. Yeah, as uh, as they get further into camp and more uh, news comes out, we see kind of how players are performing or hear about it. 
then uh, yeah we'll be dissecting that in yeah i mean more detail we still have i don't know what four episodes or so to go before the actual season starts so we got a lot of stuff to cover i mean we'll oh yeah we'll be going over any like position battles or we'll be going through the depth chart we'll talk we're talking about maybe some some sleeper candidates to to be getting some playing Surprising time or people or difference yeah. makers we'll talk about the schedule oh, got yeah. a lot of stuff to cover make our official predictions and we'll do our seven on seven draft seven on seven well. draft mm, i'm excited a lot of good stuff uh this week though our topic of the show is coming straight from one of our patreon supporters uh, that submitted this suggestion over on discord of course you just like tristan did can also submit your topic suggestions on our discord server if you are a five dollar or above uh, supporter on patreon and that's patreon.com slash missouri sports pod tristan said what made you all mizzou fans what was the game or moment you knew you loved the tigers and what made producer cam like the this is a quote nubs and the ponies referring to the nebraska cornhuskers and the denver broncos i've never heard nubs before you're kidding me wow maybe that's just uh something that's a derogatory term that obviously other fan bases just call them yeah clearly well, producer Cameron, you want to take it away first and then... Yeah, we'll get it over with. <laughs> Basically, I was brainwashed as a small child. Yeah. My dad, being from Montana, Broncos fan, there aren't a whole lot of options up there. Yeah. Um, and my mom's family is from Nebraska. Mm-hmm. So... What are you going to do? Family ties. Mm. My hands are tied. Was there a moment in particular that, that sticks out to you that like solidifies... Because your brother doesn't... Does he... Is he a fan of Nebraska? I know he's not necessarily he's a Broncos Nebraska fan. fan. Yeah. Okay. No, he's a Steelers fan, which was. Well, was there anything in random. your Nebraska or uh, Broncos fandom that really like solidified it for you at a young age? Um, I don't know. I mean, I have like little memories here and there that are like some of my first like sports fandom. Yeah. Memories. I remember like coloring the Broncos Atlanta Falcons Super Bowl score like on a piece of paper, mm. and. I don't know why that sticks out to me. Super Bowl. And a big I also deal. remember first time ever trying shrimp when we were watching Nebraska get their butts whooped against Miami in the national championship. Okay. So those shrimp. are some of my early. Hey, anyway, how did you feel about the shrimp? It, I love shrimp, so oh. well, well, not all bad. It all yeah. <laughs> the outcome of the game didn't ruin shrimp for you. That's no, good. that's great. Nope. Okay, Kyle. Uh, well, thank you, producer Cameron, for that. I'm uh, sure everyone loved it. Tristan wanted to hear, so <laughs> yeah. I wanted to hear from you. So. Yeah, it's been a real kind of a kind of a barrier in our friendship, and that's something that this podcast is. You know, it's it's been some rough days thinking about that. We've got a Nebraska fan sitting here at the table with us, but yeah, we, I do root for Mizzou, though. That's oh, that's true. Yeah, we've been. It's able been to hard to overcome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, before we get real deep into this, I thought it was interesting and perfect uh, timing that Conzo Martin, you know, the Missouri Tiger basketball coach, mm. tweeted. Um, that he wanted to hear from fans talking about their favorite game or games, memories, and specific plays, and players. So I thought we could incorporate that into some of Tristan's question here. Um, What made you a Mizzou fan? And then we'll start with basketball and answer some of Konzo's questions. Uh, Take it away if you want. Well, um you know, I, I remember watching Mizzou basketball. I feel like Mizzou basketball was what I watched as a kid. 
I have like super early memories of, of watching Mizzou basketball in like the early two thousands. And, um, they were really good back then. So there were some, some fun games back then, but I really don't feel like I was truly like a big Mizzou fan until maybe when I was in middle school, high school. So maybe around the 2010 range was when I really started following Mike Anderson era. Mm-hmm, yeah. When I really started following, uh, both teams, but basketball probably first. And I would say, um, when I truly became like a big fan was probably that 2011, 2012 season when they were really good. And that was when I probably sat down and watched every single game in the whole season. That was probably the first time I ever did that. And man, <laughs> that was a pretty good season to, to watch every game of. And so you're talking about, uh, Frank Hayes first season. Yes. Reconciled by winning. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I watched a lot of Mizzou basketball before then, but that was truly when I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, All this in. is, this is, my this is i care about this more than any any other sports team this is what mm-hmm. i'm watching mm-hmm. and um so that was that was a fun a really really fun season so many fun memories and i feel like i'm a little kind of bland picking you know marcus denman or something as my sure. as my favorite player but it's pretty hard to pick against him but um i'd probably say lawrence bowers might be like my, my my favorite mizzou basketball player and just i don't know just obviously such a fun player to watch super explosive especially early on but and just seems like a great guy off the, off the court yeah and um i don't know just an incredibly easy guy to root for mm-hmm. um i remember here i remember quinn snyder being the coach i don't remember watching their games but i remember seeing him and i remember hearing my dad talk about quinn snyder and i remember i do remember specifically watching lennis Claza. And I remember keeping up with him in the NBA draft and following his career a little bit there. I think maybe I got really into bas- following basketball, Mizzou basketball recruiting, maybe slightly earlier than you, because I remember following Phil Pressey's recruitment pretty heavily. Um, so I guess wh- I became a big fan of Mizzou basketball um, and was all in during their elite eight run um with damari carroll leo oh, yeah. lyons uh, matt lawrence and them mm-hmm. oh yeah i remember watching that for sure so that's there's a couple of my all-time favorite games in that stretch just because of how meaningful they were so like the marquette ncaa tournament game and that's like a moment that i'll never forget um watching that game on a computer and the play at the end where the Marquette player stepped across the like stepped inbounds when he was inbounding the ball so it was a turnover to Missouri that basically changed the whole game Mm -hmm. um, locked it in for Mizzou so that was a huge one and then the following game against Memphis where it was like a track meet and Missouri scored like over 100 points and Marcus Denman had the um, half court uh, end of first half Mm -hmm. buzzer beater so that was when I really got like all in and then started following recruiting. And I had a friend in high school that I wasn't like super good friends with, but he was also into Mizzou basketball recruiting randomly. So we would be like on the computer, like looking at recruiting profiles and stuff. And we were following the Phil Pressey recruitment. And then we followed the Tony Mitchell recruitment. Sad story. Yeah. So that was kind of when i started going all in on mizzou basketball and i've always just loved basketball as a sport 
so the fact that Mizzou was good and everything just worked perfectly. Obviously, we were both born in Missouri, so mm-hmm. um, there was no. I didn't have any family members really rooting for any, you know, other teams. We and we always just kind of liked Missouri State as well. Mm-hmm. I know that can be well, we were from Springfield, so mm-hmm. it seems like Missouri State people that are like anti-Mizzou are just very strange to me. Yeah. The other way is strange to me too, but I, I guess it's more understandable because they're like, you know, the big brother, like right. disregarding the yeah nobody school. Yeah. It's inter- I mean, I live in Springfield obviously and I can, I understand Missouri state basketball is on like a little bit different level, like kind of mid major. And so I can very easily root for both programs fully. And I have done yeah. that for, for many years now, but obviously Mizzou is like my, my true fandom is, is your first love. My first love yeah. is with Mizzou, but I have kind of a funny story about that Marcus Denman half court shot. Mm-hmm. I was actually on a family vacation to Las Vegas uh, during that tournament run. And I mean, we were just trying to find a TV anywhere, trying to watch those tournament games. But we were in our hotel room watching that game against Memphis. And we were just watching kind of a regional CBS broadcast. So they actually cut away from the game right before the halftime yeah. and went to another game. And so I was like, okay, I guess that's, you know, there's probably five seconds left. That'll, that'll just be what the score is at halftime and then when they flip to this other game i can see mizzou versus memphis score up in the top left corner or something mm-hmm. and i'll and mizzou it like shows three more points go on mizzou and i was like what that's weird yeah and about the same time i'm my phone's ringing it's a friend from home and he i pick up the phone and he's just screaming in the phone <laughs> and he's like oh my gosh did you see that half court shot and i was like no i missed it but yeah. that's insane <laughs> and so obviously i've seen that that highlight so many times now but um Definitely some some fun memories watching that tournament. So uh, fast forwarding to the season that you were talking about, um, Frank Haith's first season, um, I attended the first conference game of the season that year. It was against Oklahoma, and it was a sold-out crowd, awesome environment at Mizzou Arena, and we won that game by 39, I'm pretty sure, and it was just an absolute bloodbath. Missouri was making every shot. And I will never forget in the, um, the hoop that we were looking at, like nearest our seats, uh, my now wife and I went and we saw Phil Pressy throw an alley-oop to Matt Pressy. And it just like the arena just erupted. It was insane. It was so fun. There was a few of those games that year where... And that was a conference game. Yeah. They, and they just, just absolutely wiped the floor with Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. They played, I believe, California earlier that mm-hmm. year and won by like 30-something. Yeah. Like, that was when I, f- I feel like that was kind of like, oh, okay, this team's really good. Yeah. Whenever they just blew out some teams and kind of like, a, like, like, like a non-conference tournament. Like Villanova, too. They they didn't blow them out, but they did, but they did yeah, beat them. Yeah. yeah. They weren't supposed to, I don't think. That, Fun season. That... Uh, Big 12 tournament championship against Baylor, super memorable. Um, I have to, though, uh, mention, if we're talking about favorite Mizzou basketball games slash memories, is the Iowa State game that you and I saw in person. Conzo's first game, Michael Porter Jr., Jonte, uh, Jeremiah Tillman, all their first games. Yep. Cassius Robertson. And uh, I I was wondering if you would remember, so we were like way up in the nosebleeds, like Mm -hmm. two rows from the top. Mm Mm-hmm places electric everybody's loud somewhere in the first like 10 minutes of the game um iowa state was inbounding the ball jordan barnett was like playing defense on the inbounder you remember this Mm -hmm. 
they they try to throw the ball in and Jordan Barnett like bats it down it goes back out of bounds and I was like so hyped up for just everything that was happening yeah when when that happened I just like yell like yeah 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 (laughs) I knew exactly what you were about to say when you started telling that story yeah because it was like not yeah there was like the one event in the whole game where people were just like not really yelling and yeah you were just like yeah (laughs) like just yet just let out this massive like really loud yeah yeah, about that like you were just amped about that random defensive play by jordan burnett (laughs) but yeah that was that was a great that was a great night obviously uh outside of the michael porter jr like thing where we didn't know what was going on that was a, a really fun night um I'm trying to reincorporate Tristan's question a little bit better, but um, was there a game or a moment you knew you loved the Tigers? For basketball, it was pretty gradual, but then I would have to say the win against Kansas that Elite Eight season under Mike Anderson, Zaire Taylor shot. I was watching that very young um and i'd say if i had to pinpoint a moment because then they went on to have you know an incredible season nice little march run that would probably be it um if i had to try to narrow down to one game or moment that really took it over the edge for me yeah i think i'd agree with you that i i don't know that i can really pick a single game where i was just like okay i'm a big fan now but um really maybe just that entire season like some of those uh, in the 2011 2012 season obviously the win against kansas that probably is a single-handedly the biggest most exciting basketball game i've ever watched probably Mm -hmm. so um there was i was already a huge fan at that point but there was definitely there was no looking back after that season for sure Yeah. yeah okay so same line of questioning for football my earliest memories of mizzou football are there's going to be some some uh, long-time Mizzou fans listening to this that are just going to, like, roll their eyes a little bit because of how recent history all this is. But (laughs) forgive us. Um, I remember, similarly to not really, like, paying that close of attention, but knowing about Quinn Snyder and those teams, um, some of Gary Pinkle's earlier teams with Brad Smith were, like, on my radar, but not... um, I think I was just still a little bit too young to really get into it. Um, I specifically remember it being a pretty big deal that Brad Smith led Mizzou team was pretty competitive with Texas one season when Texas was just dominant. Um, and there was like, you know, obviously a lot of hype around Brad Smith as a player, just because he was doing something in college football that had pretty much never been done before. And Gary Pinkle having a lot of, you know, positive, um, vibes coming from the fan base during that time but then obviously when uh, Chase Daniel took over the starting job I feel like there's a lot of people our age that that was when it really became a big deal for them mm-hmm. that's the same for me yeah for sure that 2007 season was extremely memorable I mean not only Mizzou but just the entire college football landscape was just insane that year and some huge wins for Mizzou that year and I remember I don't know. I was in middle school at that time, but I remember hearing kids talk about, um, like I watched the Mizzou versus Kansas game that year. And then I remember like everybody talking about it the next day at school Mm. and stuff. And, 
Um, the, uh, the 2008 season, I went to a game with my dad. That was the first time I'd ever been to a, a Mizzou football game, but they played Nevada. And so mm-hmm. that was, and there was a total bloodbath. They like destroyed Nevada and Colin Kaepernick, but mm-hmm. that was, that was definitely a, a really fun game. And I would say, um, kind of same thing. Like I, I was, you know, always with a fan, but I really started being like a huge fan probably around when Doriel Green Beckham committed to Mizzou. That would have been my senior year of high school. <clears throat> also Doriel's senior year of high school. Um, and so since he was from Springfield, you know, obviously we'd played against him in, in real life and everything. And I was really interested in his career. And so when, you know, whenever those two worlds collided, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And, uh, you know, that was the, the year they moved to the SEC. And so that, that was really when I you know started following recruiting really closely and watching every game really religiously and all that so probably around that 2012 range yeah the um the chase daniel um like back-to-back uh big 12 championship appearances uh was huge for me i remember watching both of those um I remember watching the Big 12 championship game against Oklahoma and when Missouri was ranked number one and just being so sad when they lost that game. Mm-hmm. And just like, but also I I remember thinking this, like going into the game, just thinking this isn't going to go well. Yeah. Like I was just, I was so scared of Oklahoma that season. And obviously we know what happened. That was very, very disappointing. Um there was one of those years, one of those games where we, it, I feel like it had to have been that game. So we did kind of a dumb thing. We, My dad and I were like super excited and we were really big into Mizzou that season, watched every game. We made, or my stepmom and sister, you know, as a family, we made sugar cookies and we decorated them in Mizzou colors and they were the shape of jerseys and we put jersey numbers on the little cookies and the idea was when that player scored we would eat the cookie (laughs) and so there was one for Jeff Wolfert there was one for Chase Daniel Jeremy Macklin um, Chase Kaufman and we didn't eat very many cookies that night and that's that's one thing I'll always remember about that game that was a pretty disappointing one um, more recent history, I went to the Texas A&M game. I've talked about that on the podcast before. The Texas A&M game when Mizzou clinched the SEC East. I was there. Everybody stormed the field. That was really cool. Um, we have a picture that I took with my wife's camera of Henry Josie, like making that little cut and hitting the hole on that last big run to kind of seal the deal in the Texas A&M game. So that was a huge one. I never got as into um, football recruiting back then. It just kind of like the same way I am now. Like I keep up with it, but basketball recruiting is much more my lane. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, of course, uh, the win against Oklahoma when Blaine Gabbert was the quarterback um, and college game day was in Columbia and all that. Uh, the opening kickoff return touchdown, that was huge. I have a, I remember a couple of, frustrating games um obviously nebraska has tormented mizzou for many years but i remember a specific game i think it might have been 2009 um blaine gabbert Mm -hmm. uh, at nebraska i don't know i think it was at columbia 
but I can't remember. it was when Sue was playing for yeah. Nebraska and it was like a rainy night yes. and it was just, I remember being really frustrated watching Mizzou lose that game. I feel like that was shortly after Missouri beat Oklahoma. So we were kind of like riding high mm-hmm. and then maybe like one or two games later kind of got beat up by Nebraska. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like half the Missouri team got injured in that game. Yeah. I remember a frustrating game against Arizona State a few years later. I think that was probably 2011 or 12. Mm-hmm. But I watched the – I actually went to the game against Arizona State at home that we won. And then the following year we, we lost on the road to Arizona State. Or maybe those Rock were flipped. I don't know. But, yeah, that was, that was a frustrating game. So definitely some – I remember some frustrating memories of watching Mizzou football like earlier on. But definitely – when they moved to the SEC, that was when I really started watching every game. And um, the 2012 year, that whole year was frustrating mm-hmm. with all the injuries and everything. So really, some really ugly games, right? So that's that's what made the one thing that made the 2013 season so special was just the the comeback. Give me a couple of your favorite Mizzou football players of all time. <laughs> um, obviously, you got to say Chase Daniels is, is up there for me. Um, I'll probably I'd probably say uh, maybe Marcus Golden mm. is probably up there for me, and maybe James Franklin. Mm. Excellent choices. Um, give me Henry Josie. Yeah, he may be my all-time favorite. And I would I remember I, I can't believe I left this out earlier, but uh, we went and saw Missouri play Western Illinois. Or somebody like that cupcake game at the beginning of the season and henry josie uh became like went into the record books like top three all-time single game rushing in mizzou history in the first half of that game and that was the year he had like over 200 yards in the first half and that was the that was their last season in the big 12 so that was the year that he got hurt or maybe it was the season before i don't know but uh yeah he had like thousand yards after like five games and then got hurt and uh missed the next season but then came back strong so um and then he actually had one more year of eligibility that he um passed up on and went pro so yeah it's kind of a crazy winding path for him but he's one of my favorites for sure yeah i would say i'm sure a lot of mizzou fans would agree with you on that and a specific moment from James Franklin, obviously people have probably seen it a million times, but the I think it was against Texas A&M where kind of like on the far sideline, he just like lowered his shoulder, like ran over a guy, juked another guy for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Man, beautiful He had some play. really impressive runs. Yeah. He was a, well. He, say it, he was a tank. Yeah. Well, Frank the Tank, I Frank, guess was his Frank, nickname. Frank Tank. Oh yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it was true. Yeah. It was accurate. Mm, good memories Some good memories yeah so let's hear from you guys the listeners and the viewers give us some of your favorite mizzou memories or specifically try to answer tristan's question was there a specific moment or game that really solidified your mizzou fandom we would love to hear about that producer cameron uh you're a mizzou fan oh yeah you got any you got a particular mizzou memory that sticks out to you um well my first Mizzou game when the five of us all went and mm-hmm. watched them put a hurting on Tennessee. Oh, yeah. 50 balled them. Uh, oh, yeah. Got to see Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. That was my, that's probably my favorite just because that was the first one. Yeah. And we were 
back in the end zone, the old end zone. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was a fun game. Destroyed Tennessee. Was that the same weekend as um, Iowa State? Yeah. I yeah. think we, yeah, we, we made like a whole weekend of it. Yeah. yeah. You and I went to Iowa State, but then the big friend group went to uh, yeah. the football game. Yeah, that was fun. Mm-hmm. That was a good weekend. Got a couple Harpo hammers. <laughs> <laughs> that, we, that we did. All right. Is that the episode today, Kyle? I think so. I think that's all I got for him. All right. Send him home. All right, everybody. Send us home. Send us, send us home. Um, you can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod, and you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our T-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Ben Smith, Tristan, Ryan Lee, Brian Smith. Thank you guys very much for your support. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.